0: mama welcome back to the mom collective podcast i'm jamie
1: And I'm Ari, and we are two moms just trying to navigate through motherhood. But today, we are three. We have Bailey, our Chattanooga, Tennessee ambassador. She's the only 10 I see. Um, (laughs) We got to throw in the jokes when we're interviewing Tennessee. Come on, guys. Uh, If you guys have a better one, let me know. But Bailey is amazing. She's going to share her story on silent reflux today, dealing with that with her daughter. But Bailey, will you take the time to just introduce yourself real quick?
2: Yes, I'm Bailey. I'm the Chattanooga, Tennessee ambassador. I started back in September of 2022. Um, I am a mom of one. Her name is Lila, 15 months, and then my husband is Colton. We've been together for eight years and almost married three.
0: So exciting. Also, I'm kind of laughing because Ari had an accent. (laughs) It's almost like speaking to you. It's like she like kind of like picked up a little twang. I kind of like I want it. I a little
1: Southern accent. I love I told it. I Ian, I was like, I was like Bailey and I are best friends. Okay. And so she needs to come out here and I need to visit her and she has the cutest accent and I think I want it. So <laughs> it might come out today.
0: One. That's so funny. Oh, <laughs> you do. And I love it. <laughs> it's the best. I love it. But I am. Okay. I'm so curious because I've also never heard of silent reflex before. Like, I've heard of babies that are colicky. I heard of acid reflux, all of that. But what is silent reflux?
2: So I didn't know what it was either before having Lila. Um, It kind of appears like a colicky baby. But essentially, Lila is having reflux like normal babies do when they spit up. But instead of spitting it up, she's swallowing it. And getting really upset, it causes more gas issues and just pain. Um, so instead of being covered and spit up, she swallows it back
1: down. Mm.
0: First up, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I like honestly, when I was pregnant, I had um reflux as well, and I just it made me have so much more compassion for the babies because, like, if they're experiencing this and they don't know how to explain that like burning sensation, like that's probably why they're crying, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, how did you guys even discover that she had silent reflux? It was like a long
2: process. It felt like the first month of her life felt like a whirlwind because mm. like four o'clock, you know, the witching hour comes around and we looked at each other at 4 p.m. And we're like, okay, buckle in. Like if the breath will happen, <laughs> we're about to have some screaming for a few hours. We're not going to get to eat, but we'll get through it. So she was constantly crying at night. But she was um, showing off these symptoms of like arching her back and Mm. like swallowing and then crying. So I was like, there's something wrong. But our pediatrician was just marking it off as colic. Mm. So it was kind of a back and forth, like you got your mom gut. You're like, my baby is in pain. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's colic because colic feels like a blanketed term. Like they don't Mm -hmm. really know what's going on. They're crying. That's what we're going to say it is. And it ended up one night she had cried for like three hours straight. All of my normal fixes weren't working. I would get in the bath with her, do skin to skin. We would go outside. I put her in the stroller. Literally everything that we had found to work was not working. And she started to appear to have retractions. And I called the pediatrician and we went straight to the emergency room.
1: What are retractions? It's
2: where they're like breathing is off showing that they're struggling mm. to breathe so she oh, was like so that. like hyped up from crying for that long she wasn't able to breathe
0: as well mm. oh so did that, that must have been really scary yeah did that lead you guys did you just call the pediatrician or at that point you're like okay we need to get her seen so
2: I called the pediatrician it was so late I think it was like 10 o'clock um so it was the on call so you have to go through the process mm-hmm. of waiting for the pediatrician to call you back And they're so, like, nonchalant about it because I'm sure they get tons of calls all the time for nothing. And I was like, there is something going on with my baby. She said um, with how fast she was breathing to take her into the emergency room, which we live um, 40 minutes from the emergency room. Oh, wow. So we got in the car immediately and drove downtown. Um she screamed the whole way. We had the windows down. Of course mm-hmm. I'm crying because I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. This is so scary. Like I want to know what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And um we got there and it was like a slow process. There's no, you know, emergency room take their time. Yeah. But that doctor that was on um shift at the emergency room is who said she had silent reflux.
0: Wow. Please God for good Emergency room experience. I feel like that is so rare, mainly because they're seeing so many people. They're, you know, they're an expert at everything type of deal. Mm-hmm. But for them to actually have the knowledge to give you, hey, this is what I think it is. Um, so within all of that, what was how did they, how did they discover it? Were they like, I think it's this, or did they kind of ask a few series of questions? Like what were the questions that led him or her be- to believe that it was silent reflex? So
2: he actually asked a few questions. It did take some coaxing to get to the diagnosis. So mm. he was asking how long she was crying, how often she was crying um, what, kind of was leading us to believe that there was something wrong with Lila every time she's exclusively breastfed so when she would eat at a very fast letdown so she felt like it was she was gulping but she Mm -hmm. would unlatch and like scream and like arch her back which is a huge sign of silent reflex so it was lots of arching um at the beginning of the ER visit, he was kind of talking it up to colic since it had been happening for so many days in a row. But I pressed on because I Good. was like, there's something going on um, and she was not able to eat when we first got to the emergency room and she was hungry. So he was talking to me and she started nursing and started latching, unlatching and arching her back and crying. Mm-hmm. And that's where he was she has reflux that's what's going on with her wow
1: wow so he noticed it because of the arching Yes. because did you even think to bring up the arching or did you because it's your first baby did you just think that that was normal
2: I don't think I brought it up um I think I was talking about how she cried a lot while she ate but I don't think that I specifically said the arching but that's what cued him in while she was nursing in the emergency room to wow.
1: she's in pain from eating wow that is something good to know as a new mom that the arching might be you know a sign of silent reflux because again i had never heard of silent reflux but i do explicitly remember harley would go through stages when she was young um she's still young but like you know those first couple months where she would scream and arch her back but like still wanted to eat but like just was having a difficult time. And we would be like, people would want to feed her. And we're like, sorry, like you, you kind of have to be patient with this process because it's going to take some time for her to eat and go through those phases. Wow.
0: So the, what, how do they treat it? Cause that's like something. Yeah. I mean, as adults, when you have, you know, reflux, they're going to give you, you know, take some tumps, like in the the most nonchalant way, you know, all of that, but <laughs> for, you know, Especially if it's this silent reflux. I know you were kind of saying before we jumped on the podcast, a lot of babies who do have like, it's natural since the, if you're a new mom, and this is stuff that I learned, their esophagus muscle that it's called like a sphincter or something, the muscle that closes at the top of their stomach is still getting developed when a baby is born. So it's not, that's why babies spit up a lot is because that muscle is still learning to gain strength. And so babies, you know, have that. That's why reflux is really normal, spit ups, all of that. But when babies have really bad reflux, usually it's like projectile vomiting. They're losing like their whole feeding. Um, and it's a lot easier to catch compared to what it hears like is silent reflux since they are catching it in their mouth and not letting it come out. You really don't know. So then how do they actually treat it?
2: So she's actually on, there's a few different treatment, like medications they can be on. They started us on famotidine, which is essentially Pepsid, like an adult Mm. would take if they had reflux, it's a liquid form. Um, So we started on some different doses and it was kind of a game to figure out which dose worked best for her, when to give it, if it was better in the morning, if it was better at night. Um, We landed on morning and night. So she takes it twice a day. She still takes it. But essentially, the way they described it was when she's taking that, it's kind of neutralizing the acid in her stomach. Mm -hmm. So if she does spit up, it's not going to be as painful as if she did not have it. Mm -hmm. There's some other medications. I think omeprazole. um, I think that's correct. Sounds (laughs) Um, right. It's a more intense medication. prescription for the reflux it um it's like an acid inhibitor i feel i've read so much on this because she had it but um they can go through like a spurt where it gets worse before it gets better Mm. So thankfully we were able to just do pepsid and keep it the same um throughout her life but we hold her upright not as bad anymore but we used to have to hold her upright 30 minutes after her feeds yeah. every time even at mm-hmm. 2 a.m so it's hard to not oh. fall asleep but um that helped a lot because they explained that when you're laying a baby flat immediately after they've eaten like uh, Jamie was saying they say essentially the milk is just going back and forth like oh. up and down so it's very painful which is why I think mm-hmm. a lot of babies don't like their bassinet. up Mm -hmm. so when we held her upright it had time to kind of digest a little bit and then she was more comfortable laying down so just Mm -hmm. the combination of upright and um
1: wow wow yeah i was just looking through my messages because my friend just had to up her daughter's um pepsid to two times a day as well because they're trying to navigate this whole situation but you said she's still dealing with it to this day and she's over a year old so is she continuing to take pepsid
2: Yes, she still takes it. They say typically they can grow out of it around 12 months. Okay. Uh, teething has made hers worse. So um. she's been teething really bad lately. The increased drool kind of increases the reflux. So Ugh. I think once we're closer to the end of teething, we'll be able to wean her back off of the medicine to where she doesn't okay. have to take it.
1: Dang. How does she handle taking I the I was going to ask that. it's a liquid... <laughs> Form, like likes it. She, oh, she doesn't likes it. Anything else, but she loves her Pepsi. She'll take the hey. sweetener herself.
0: Wow. Because
1: her, like, if I have to give my kids Tylenol, it is like, it's like something terrible is happening in this household. It's like. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so I've been leaning into like the Highlands teething tablets or like anything like that's a tablet that dissolves. Yeah, but that's good. She probably just yeah. knows it helps her feel better. She's associated it mm-hmm. with it. And yeah. is it like a pink bubble gum or like what? Have you I tasted it's it? Scary. I've actually
2: tried it just because you know, yeah. like I'm giving it to my child. I want to know what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. but She <laughs> loves it. <laughs>
0: she's like give it to me it makes me feel better oh, she doesn't
2: like tylenol or motrin she'll freak out if she has to take that but she if she sees the pepsi syringe it's very small because it's like 0. 0.6 milliliters it's the tiniest dose. Oh, of okay and she's like give it to me she's I'm like ready. yes
1: yes yes okay wait now that we're talking about <laughs> tasting things before your children taste it have either of you guys tasted your breast milk
0: <laughs> yeah no. this is such a weird you question, have it but have i was you? so curious no, I, was I wanted scared. to try
1: i have not really
0: guys
1: (laughs) you haven't tried one of my friends was like they took shots her and her husband and her best friend who doesn't have kids took shots of her breast milk and i'm like yeah i've never tasted my breast milk and i yeah oh
0: my gosh i i was so curious i was like i have to know it tastes like just really sweet milk really sweet water or whatever I didn't take like a whole shot or anything to that extent like I literally like after the very few times I've pumped like after there's like a few left in the pump I like put my tongue to it to see what it tasted like and I'm like it just tastes sweet but you gotta do it before your Uh, milk's done
1: okay maybe I'll I'll, juice a little (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, I always, yeah. It's so yeah. funny. Because
1: Graham gives me a little smile sometimes after I'm like, this must taste different than your regular milk. Like, oh, so. Holy. Yeah.
0: It's that. Oh, so everyone cute. says it's
2: like almond milk. Almond. It's like a mental block for me, though. I just, I don't know. It feels wrong, but I feel <laughs> like I need to try it before I'm done. So I'll have to report back if I do. <laughs>
1: yes. I expect a full report and I'll, I'll, I will do the same. <laughs>
0: Because it's not that bad, but I'm excited to hear your guys' reaction. So it will be funny. Um, okay, wait, Bailey, I am so curious. Through all of the trying to figure out, is it, what is this, what's going on? Did you experience any postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety? Like, did it stir anything in you, or were you, do you feel like you had like that support to be like, nope, I'm going to figure this out? Like, what was that journey like mentally like for you?
2: I had um, postpartum anxiety. I still have it. It's kind of ramped back up as she's getting older. It's kind of come in waves. But I do feel like that kind of kickstarted me in that direction because it Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, I know how to handle Lila. I know how to hold her up after her feeding. I know how she's going to be if she doesn't feel well my husband obviously does too but it's hard for me to delegate that to anyone else Mm. because I'm like Mm. do they know what they're doing and then the intrusive thoughts of like what happens if I'm gone what happens if they don't know that she's having reflux or whatever so I feel like it definitely kick-started the anxiety some and made me not want to separate from her Mm. as much
1: Mm. do you feel like you had like anxiety prior to pregnancy? Is that something that you struggled with before and then maybe was heightened after pregnancy?
2: Yes. So before even being pregnant, I've always had anxiety. I went through, I was treated when I was a child kind of was waves also where sometimes it was worse. Sometimes it was better. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely experienced uh, anxiety while I was pregnant and didn't even mm-hmm. realize that that could have been a symptom of it. I was constantly worried the whole time I was pregnant but after having Lila it was definitely increased um especially during the baby blues period Mm
0: -hmm. what would you describe like the give more scenarios I think because this is where I think well I could say I think a lot but um for a new mom or a mom who maybe their first pregnancy didn't have anything and maybe they're in, you know, second, third, fourth, whatever pregnancy or, um, multiple kids stage and are starting to experience thoughts that are just now like, Oh, that's not normal. And I feel really anxious. And, or like for me with my postpartum anxiety, I was really functional and then at night I would like wake up feeling like I had a heart attack or like I would have like my body would process the anxiety and stuff later, but it was re- I, me realizing, "of oh my gosh, is, is he going to be okay? Is, is this happening? The phantom cries, you know, like thinking all those things, what scenarios, like could you walk through a little more scenarios on when you would really feel that anxiety kind of heightened?
2: Yes. I think all of mine was at nighttime too, pregnancy Mm. and postpartum. When I was pregnant, it was, um, what is our life going to be like after the baby's here? Mm. Like, am I going to be able to put Colton first and Mm. like prioritize our relationship or she hasn't kicked in an hour? Like, what is she doing? Mm. Just random thoughts where, you could be totally fine and then be spiraled into, well, what if this happens and then this comes from this? Well, what if she's upset and I don't get to spend time with Colton at night? Will that be okay? Will we be able to get through that mm-hmm. like, new stage? That kind of worry came um, pregnancy-wise. Postpartum, it definitely hit at night around 4 p.m. with mm-hmm. the witching hour. It was immediate, like, I would see the sun going down, and I would start to get anxious, like, is she going to cry? Am I going to be able to hold her and calm her down? How long is it going to take to get her to sleep? How often is she going to wake up? Should I even go to sleep? Because if she's going to be up in an hour, why would I go to sleep? Which I don't recommend, because... (laughs) of <laughs> like sleep makes anxiety worse, but it kind of, I feel like nighttime hits moms because we're so busy during the day. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to think about our worries. So when we sit and are able to sit with our own thoughts,
0: mm-hmm. it increases. So mm-hmm. spot on. Um, what was the moment for you of realizing like, Hey, I might need to tell someone about this.
2: Oh gosh. I'm trying to think. I, I tell my husband about it all the time. Like, I think he knows every night I'm like, I'm anxious. And he's like, why? The man has never experienced anxiety in his life. (laughs) I wish that I could be that way. (laughs) Um, but I actually just went for my one year, um, like yearly appointment. And I told um, my doctor that I was having bad anxiety Mm -hmm. and just kind of walking through, um, like what I was feeling. And I think I got to that point because, um, I just got tired of feeling anxious all the time mm. and mm. not understanding why I was this way. It's never touched like the anxiety I had before having a baby
0: mm.
2: and your hormones are still out of whack in postpartum.
0: So Absolutely. I, I
2: need to say something and see what the options may be to help me feel more like myself again.
0: Mm.
1: And can you? You said this was your one year checkup. You had a one year checkup with your OB.
2: It actually so it fell a year after my six week appointment, just for my um,
1: like pap, I mean, pap smear. smear. Yeah, got it. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Does Tennessee have yeah, like I wish California? There was more. <laughs> yeah, because I I just. Yeah. My rant on met the medical space comes out sometimes, and I just don't think the six-week checkup is enough for postpartum no. mama. And you, there are waves and cycles of postpartum that there should be help along the way. Um, I think within at least the first two years, because so many things are happening, life changes are happening, um, changes with the baby are happening. It just feels like a constant puzzle is moving and you're trying to put it together and you you don't have all the pieces all the time or the ch- puzzle, the, the picture changes <laughs> midway through the puzzle. So I was like, Oh, maybe Tennessee has a one-year like automatic checkup. At least that sounds great.
2: That would be fantastic. But no. <laughs> So
1: when you were at that checkup and they you described uh, the anxiety that you were going through, did they recommend, um, you know, therapy or medication or any sort of, um, like treatment plan to help you?
2: Yes. So, um, she, we talked through medications. I'm not very good at taking medication. (laughs) I just, I don't. Um, so I was actually prescribed an anxiety medication, but I haven't started it because I'm anxious about starting anxiety medicine, which is comical. I'm like, how am I anxious about being anxious?
1: No, but, that's fair. It's completely yes. fair. That's we're gonna actually bring on a specialist next month to talk about this because there's a stigma behind it. I I am a hundred percent there with you, and that's why I can understand of like, you know, they offer certain things and you're like, but like just offering it, I need a full conversation of what this is gonna look like and what's the like plan for me to start and what's the plan for me to get off. I can't just jump yes. on and like not know the plan.
2: Well, and then I got on TikTok
1: University, and I'm like <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> the times, the times. I'm TikTok University as well.
2: I so I'm reading all these people's terrible experiences as they're talking through them, and then I was like, okay, like I'll revisit this in a couple weeks if I'm still feeling the way that I'm feeling. So I have not picked the prescription up. It could still happen, but as of now, I'm just really hoping, hoping that the sunshine and being outdoors moving a little bit more is going to help, but if not, we'll revisit the Walgreens down the road and pick
1: up. Awesome. And if anybody listening is currently on medication, this conversation is not to like, like put your situation down. Like this is just the struggle that we're currently going through of like, do I, do I not? And like how we can facilitate that conversation better to help people decide for themselves if it makes sense to get on medication. you know I just I want to call that out for those that have because some people have gotten on the medication and it like helps them tremendously and I want to honor that so um but how are you feeling currently now that the sunshine's coming out in California we're experiencing the same thing after our torrential downpour uh- <laughs> Um, are you starting, last time we talked to you, you were outside playing in the field because you live on like this two acre property, which is incredible. Um, how are you feeling? Better.
2: I feel like I swear the sun comes out and have you seen the TikToks where the people like rise up off the bed? Yes, literally
0: me. Same. (laughs) Like the seasonal depression
2: is just like leaving my body. So I'm Mm -hmm. feeling better. I'm still anxious, but that's just like one of my personality traits I feel like at this point but feeling less anxious about all of the things so
1: starting to come okay. up also random question because you mentioned it <laughs> how are you a crime junkie and deal with anxiety because I can't watch anything or hear anything crime related. Literally. I will plug my ears and close my eyes and walk out of the room because, uh, it freaks me out now. Like I used to love scary movies growing up and now, especially having kids. I'm like, no, I cannot because I'm going to be terrified. Something's going to happen to them or to me. And then what's going to happen to them and then rabbit trail. So tell me, You listen to all the crime stuff? Yes, I do. But my dad,
2: like growing up, all we watched was like um, Criminal Minds, 24, like all of the cheesy cop shows growing up. So I grew up around it. They don't make me anxious, but I'm not a scary movie gal. Like I like the true crime, scary movie stuff. I'm under the covers hiding, I'm not about it. So, <laughs> that would freak me out more than the realistic stuff. I think I'm just intrigued by the mind, like how it can get to that. So I think that's how I can separate the anxiety from the two. Not to say okay. I don't get nervous like at nighttime if I'm at Walmart by myself, because I definitely do. But it's not like a constant fear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the mindset that you're going into these. That's making the difference. Whereas my go, my brain goes to like, Oh my God, somebody's probably outside my door right now. And I like can't see them. And I'm freaked out by like, I have to have curtains because I'm like, I don't like when I have the lights on inside and somebody could see inside. I'm like, no, too many crime shows, too many things. Yeah. I'm
0: not, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I can't do any of it. I'm like, no Disney (laughs) happy movie put on the happy Miss Rachel. That's happy. You know, (laughs) I'm like someone who cannot do my mind goes way too much. I can't watch war movies because that's like way too Mm. real for me, all of that type of stuff. So I'm impressed that you can like put it in a box and be like, oh, wow, this is interesting (laughs) because my brain won't box it. Um, uh, Bailey, could you, as we close out, could you give just any advice of maybe a mom who is going through, you know, maybe a child that has silent reflux, or maybe is dealing with a little bit of postpartum anxiety, anything that you can encourage them by support them with anything that you think?
2: Yes. So silent reflux for that trust your gut. If you think there's something wrong with your child and your pediatricians not listening to you push because you have that internal gut and you know, when there's something wrong. And if, it is silent reflux there is the light at the end of the tunnel it can get better they can have medication where they aren't crying every night um all night for anxiety i would say talk about it that's one of the biggest things since i am not on medication i do really utilize talking to my husband my best friend lexi she had a baby two weeks after me so i've been able to really bounce off the postpartum anxiety thoughts like why am i worried that i'm going to put my baby in the washing machine. She's like, it's okay. Mm. I worried about that too. Not really just an example, the but <laughs> yeah, yeah. so to, to, be able to talk it out. So come to a walk, meet a mom friend mm-hmm. because they really know the anxiety coming along with it mixed with the hormones. Mm.
0: That's so good. Thank you so much. It, we love you. Me and Ari are like, yeah. like Ari said, she's like our, our Tennessee best friend. Um. Yes. But yes. we are just so thankful for you sharing your story, being vulnerable, sharing about silent reflux. Could you plug your walk Instagram as well as your personal, please?
2: Yes, my walk Instagram is the momwalkco dot Chattanooga, and then my personal Instagram is Bailey underscore Robinson zero one. I think,
0: and Let she's we'll tag target in this. Yeah, she's the, also uh, Bailey B A Y L E E which, yes. mm-hmm. you know, all the different ways to spell Bailey. But if you are a mom and you're like, oh my gosh, I want mom friends. I want to have these conversations in person. We are not just podcasts. We have walks in over 160 cities across the U S and Canada. And our whole heart is just to bring this safe place to you in person. So go to the momwalkcollective.com, go to our walk finder, typing your zip code and see if there's a walk near you. If there isn't, We have an ambassador program to become a host. So you can fill out that, and the first of every month, we will get back to you about starting the process. Um, If you are local to Southern California, And this should come out before the market. We are having our first mother's market. So we're bringing over 20 brands together that will help resource you and simplify motherhood from formula companies to strollers, to clothing, to diapers. So we would really love to have you out there. Go to our main Instagram page, The Mom Walk Co. It's actually a pinned post right now. Um, Other than that, if this is the cringiness, like, subscribe, comment, rate it, whatever it looks like, it helps us resource this to more moms who need this community. Um, other than that, are you want to close us out?
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Bailey, for coming on
0: and sharing your story. You're
1: Bailey, our bestie from Tennessee. And uh, if you are experiencing a baby that you think might have silent reflux, please reach out to Bailey. Um, I know that she would totally be open to being a support system for you uh, and your experience going through that. So we love you and we'll talk to you soon. We love you, mama. Love you, mom.